we get into our gospel reading today, we are going to hear it begin with the words, in the sixth month. And it's referring to the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, Mary's cousin. And she's someone who would probably be older than what you would expect to be able to have a baby. But God does a new thing in her life. God chooses her to be the mother of John the Baptist. So God's already working in Elizabeth's life. But Mary doesn't know that yet when the angel appears to her. So the Holy Gospel according to Luke, the first chapter. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. How many of us would love to have an angel of the Lord appear and say, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. At least I used to think that when I was a kid. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. So we pause there a moment. When the Holy Spirit comes upon Mary, it means something. In the book of Acts, if you remember, when the Holy Spirit comes upon all those disciples, they are suddenly empowered by God to speak God's word to God's people and do amazing things. So when the Holy Spirit comes upon Mary, she too is empowered to speak God's word. Once that Holy Spirit confirms that word through Elizabeth, she suddenly preaches a sermon that can compare to Peter's sermon in the book of Acts, where she talks about God's saving work for her and for the world. And when we hear of God overshadowing her, that word in the original language of the scripture, when it's used in the Bible, it often means God's protection. So God gives her this huge calling, and then Mary is promised that God will empower her and will protect her. Verse 36. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. So the angel appears to Mary as we heard and says, Greetings, favored or graced one. The Lord is with you. And just with this greeting, Mary's perplexed. She hasn't even heard the most amazing news of all, most shocking news of all. So she's already perplexed that she, a young, poor woman, who's not favored or noticed by anyone else in the world, that she is going to receive God's grace and God's favor and this word that the Lord is with her. That's totally perplexing to Mary. And what it will mean for the Lord to be with Mary, for the Lord to favor her and grace her, it completely disrupts her plan and her life. 
For her to be chosen by God as a young teenage girl back in her day, and to suddenly be pregnant with a baby who's not her fiancé's, that could be extremely dangerous for her. At the very least, she could be ostracized by her family. At the most, she could actually be killed for having a baby who's not her fiancé's. For the Lord to have grace and favor on Mary is for her to have her life be set on a completely different path and to face challenges she would never have otherwise faced. For though she gets to give birth to Jesus and be Jesus' mom, she's also going to endure finally seeing her son be rejected and see him suffer and die on a cross for his care and his welcome of all those in the world that no one else will care for and welcome. And so the path that's now set before Mary is one of greater challenge, and I would also guess greater meaning and joy that she would ever otherwise know. That's what it means for the Lord to be with Mary. What does it mean when we say the Lord is with us? What does it mean for the Lord to be with us? Does it mean everything's going to go how we hope and how we want, that everything will go well? That's not what happens for Mary. This year we know that people across our world face challenges that are life-threatening and heart-wrenching. There's a picture that's been making the rounds on social media, and it was picked up by a news broadcast yesterday. And maybe you've seen it. If you haven't, you can look it up. It comes out of Bethlehem. It's a nativity scene, a manger scene, in the Evangelical Lutheran Christmas Church in Bethlehem. And what they decided is when they had seen so many images in that church there, they'd seen all these images of children in Gaza being pulled out of the rubble from buildings destroyed by bombs there, they decided that for their manger scene this year, instead of laying baby Jesus in a manger, they took a pile of rubble, of debris from a collapsed home, and they laid Jesus on that. They wanted to acknowledge and remember the thousands of children who have died in the conflict since October 7th. So you have this symbol of Jesus and the rubble, born unto the rubble, a symbol of him being one with all those who suffer, one with those whose homes are destroyed and whose lives have been lost, the symbol of Jesus, God, with us when things are not well. The pastor talked about that, and he talked about how they're grateful that this image has meant so much, but he said he's still baffled why this picture of baby Jesus on the rubble why that drew more attention than actual pictures of children in Gaza. The Christmas celebrations that we are preparing for this year, they're not happening in Bethlehem this year. In the very city of Jesus' birth, all the Christmas celebrations there have been canceled as the people are weighed down by the fighting and the violence in Gaza and Israel. So as we prepare for Christmas this year, I wonder... In all our preparations, what is it we're working for? In all the different preparations that we do, what are we striving for? As you've been preparing for Christmas, is it, has it been like looking for the perfect gift, the perfect gathering, a needed break, meaningful time with family, maybe more lapsa and cookies? As we think about Christmas and what it is, what is it we're really preparing for? And does it reflect Jesus to us? Does it show Jesus with us in all the heartbreaking things of this life? What about as we go about our daily lives? What is it we're working for? What are we striving for? Enough money to be comfortable? A sense of having succeeded? Is it happiness? 
What does it mean for the Lord to be with us? As I mentioned, for the Lord to be with Mary does not mean all will go well for her. But it does mean that she's a part of something bigger than she ever dreamed or imagined. It does mean that God will empower her and make her way forward, even if it's a path she wouldn't have chosen on her own. Last week in our children's time, Pastor Eric talked about lighting the candle of joy on the wreath, and he asked us, what is joy? Off the top of our heads, a lot of us said happiness, and that's a good off-the-cuff answer. But I was reflecting on it later, and we know that joy is so much more than happiness. I remembered a quote that I haven't, I can't remember who said it, but it went like this, joy is happiness that doesn't depend on our circumstances. Joy is happiness that doesn't depend on what's happening around us. Instead, it depends on trusting that no matter what happens, the Lord is with you. And in that, we find hope and trust and maybe even joy. So what does it mean for the Lord to be with us? For Mary, it means that not only will God make a path forward for her and will empower and care for her, but God also gives us a support system, a community of support in Elizabeth. When Mary hears what's going on with Elizabeth, that's the last thing the angel tells her. When she hears that she's not alone in this huge calling laid on her, it's only then that Mary speaks this word of trust. It's only then that she's able to say, okay, here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Let your word, God, not my plans, not my word, but your word shape my life. As Mary and Elizabeth wait and prepare for God's promises to come to pass, God gives them each other a support system, a community to help them through this waiting time when things are not yet fully clear. And God does the same for us. Over the last couple of weeks, we have been doing a prayer practice here in worship. We passed out these blue candles. You didn't get one today. The last few worship services we've had, everyone received a blue candle, and on it we were able to write, my hope and my prayer, whatever those were. And then at the end of the worship service, we each were able to take someone else's hope and prayer and pray for that over the next week. And as I've talked with a number of you, you have taken that prayer practice very seriously. This week, we are going to change that practice a little bit. Instead of writing our individual prayers and bringing them up at communion, we are going to come forward for communion and be invited to pick up a new prayer, Mary's prayer, the same prayer that all of us might go home and pray from now through Christmas, that Mary's own prayer would become our own, the prayer, Dear God, here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. In other words, let our actions and words be shaped not by our plans or our fears or the things that we're striving for, but let our lives, how we see each other, how we see ourselves, be shaped more fully by God's word. May that be our hope and our prayer this Christmas, on behalf of the people around us and on behalf of God's word. Let it be with us, God, according to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.